0: Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast, thank you for downloading or streaming. This one I've entitled, Remakes, Reboots, and Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery Season 2 finally came out on Blu-ray, and I've been watching the season, and it got me thinking about the whole, well, this whole idea that remakes and reboots are terrible. Well, because a lot of them are, but let me go back a little bit. When I was growing up, there were movie reviewers like Siskel and Ebert. There were music reviews in magazines. There was no internet. There was no culture. If we watched a new movie, we went to high school or we went to our friends in the neighborhood and we said, hey, you've got to check out Star Wars. You've got to check out Jaws. You've got to check out you know, Blade Runner, whatever. Um, With new internet culture, and it's still relatively new in the scheme of things, Things come out and are instantly picked apart, are instantly digested, are instantly commented on. And a lot of internet culture is trolling, is if it's not something I like, I'm going to bash it, which I I really don't understand. Uh, In my entire career, whether it be radio or just life, I am all about the things I love, the things I enjoy. I will tell you things I enjoy. I'm not going to walk up to you on the street and go, man, I watched this movie last night. It really sucked. Don't watch it. I just feel that's a waste of my time. You know, if I if I don't talk about something I don't like, it doesn't get any more resonance in my life or with my friends. And that's the same way I treat my social media. If I see a bad movie Now that I'm podcasting, I may review it because I could have fun with it. But for the most part, you don't see me post anything on Facebook or Instagram saying, I didn't like this. Even restaurants where I've had a bad experience. I don't go and make a Yelp review calling it terrible. I just don't talk about it. And the restaurants I like, the movies I like, the music I like, I do talk about. And so I feel putting more positive out there and not worrying about the negative is the way to go about getting more positive love out there in the world today. So there is this idea that remakes and reboots suck instantly. I mean, I think this was a test a couple months ago. But someone released on the internet, they were thinking about remaking The Princess Bride, and it received 100% hate from the internet. Of course it did. Everyone loves The Princess Bride. It is one of the highest uh, rated movies when it was shown to people before it came out. Uh, Matter of fact, Rob Reiner had a a long-running 100% rating with his movies when they were shown to audiences before they were actually released to the public. All of his movies scored incredibly high. But anyway, it's a classic movie. But if they were to remake it, how does that change the classic movie? Why are we so against a remake, a sequel, uh, a reboot, when these days in streaming services and, and hard copy media, we have access to the original version? You know, they talked about making a sequel to blade runner and so much time had passed and blade runner became a cult classic for those that don't remember when blade runner came out it really wasn't loved Uh, it didn't do well at the box office i recommended it highly to my parents who walked out of it um who didn't and they were not the kind of people who usually walked out of a movie Today, the original Blade Runner is considered quintessential sci-fi viewing for anybody that's into the genre, that it is a classic movie in every way, fashion, or form. And when they talked about making a sequel, you had some of the best filmmakers that are on the planet today, some of the best actors, It and... Again, the sequel came out, didn't do that well at the box office, but did get a lot of critical acclaim. It seemed that people realized, hey, here's one of those sequels like Empire Strikes Back or The Godfather 2 that is worthy, if not even better than the original. And now that I've watched Blade Runner 2049 more than once, I know I'm going to get some hate, but I think it's better than the original. It, it, it is a more, anyway, I, that, that's an, another review for another time. But anyway. We live in a time where a lot of us have been around for the original Charlie's Angels and the rebooted Charlie's Angels, and now this weekend we're getting a, a second reboot of the Charlie's Angels IP, or the whole thing with Terminator. The new Terminator movie is actually pretty good, but it didn't get a fair shake because we've had three really bad Terminator movies after the first two great ones, There is some credence to the fact that making a sequel, making a reboot, making a remake is not going to be good. But every once in a while, there is a really good one that comes along. And they don't always get a fair shake from the public because of internet culture. Because we're all schooled that every reboot, every remake is going to be terrible. And that's just not the case. And specifically, Star Trek Discovery. I grew up watching Star Trek in diapers. Literally, it was my dad's favorite show, and I was less than a year old, and I was plopped in front of the TV in diapers to watch this And for the next three years, you know, as I was growing up. And then it was one of those shows that was in syndication in the early 70s that you could watch on, well, I grew up in Atlanta. We had TBS The Superstation before it was TBS The Superstation, and they showed Star Trek every week. And until things like Space 1999 came along and then Star Wars, this was our science fiction fix. There there were some pretty bad science fiction shows on at the time and that was about it. But then there were Star Trek movies and then there was Next Generation and Deep Space 9 and Voyager and they and, you know and they've made add-ons to the Star Trek universe with good and bad results. Some of the movies are good. Some of the movies were not good. Some of the series are really great. I'm a huge fan of Next Generation. I really like what it had to say. Uh, There were some weak episodes here and there, but overall, that seven-season arc is a a great television show. It, It stands up today. I wasn't a big fan of Deep Space Nine. It was kind of boring to me. Voyager was okay. Uh, Enterprise, okay. You know, I never got excited about those. And when J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek with the movies and messed around with the timelines and and created very exciting films, they did very well. But there were still the purists out there that go, this is not my Star Trek, man. It's not my Kirk. It's not my, you know, not my con. (laughs) Which, that was interesting. Um... But I enjoyed them for what they were, and I still own Star Trek, the original series. It doesn't change the adventures of Captain Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, Sulu, Spock. You know, that stuff will always be ingrained in pop culture and will always be part of my collection. And so when new versions come out, I take them as they are. If I was entertained, and I was blown away by J.J. Abrams' first Star Trek, the second was really good, and even the third one was highly entertaining. They took Star Trek into a more realistic frame, even though it's it's far future science fiction, the people reacted more like they would react today, not like Captain Kirk and, and Spock and McCoy reacted back in the late 60s. Watching Discovery, it's been a year since I watched season one, and I'm... I really feel that they are doing a huge disservice to keep this show on CBS All Access and not put it on other streaming services. I know they're trying to sell their service, but CBS, give it up. (laughs) With Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and now Disney+, Plus, you don't stand a chance. You need to bundle in with one of the others or get lost. The same thing with some of the other streaming services that are smaller. Apple TV+, Plus or whatever it's called... You have like six or eight shows. Come on. You know, every. if we paid for all the streaming services that are out there now, you would pay more than you're paying for current cable. And I'm someone who gave up TV in the 90s because working in radio, my schedule was always changing. Um, I never knew if I was going to be home on a Friday night to catch the next episode or a Thursday night or whatever with live remotes and last-minute scheduling and things like that. So I basically got out of the habit of watching TV and got very much into movies because I could buy them on VHS or DVD or rent them and watch them at my leisure. And so... It wasn't until shows like Six Feet Under and The Sopranos that I got back into TV when when HBO and some other networks started making TV shows that were movie quality, that had movie people working on them. And in an hour, I felt like I was watching part of a bigger movie, not just watching another TV show that was trying to get me through the commercials. And that carries on to today. We have some really great television shows now. I I will call them streaming shows because they're not really on the networks. The networks are still churning out stuff that will hold you through commercials and those that watch cable and those that watch the, the main networks that are still out there. Great. I'm glad you enjoy it. And if you like wasting time on the couch, then that's great. But it's not great art. Whereas you have HBO and Amazon and Netflix creating series that are 10 times better than anything on TV. From Stranger Things to Jack Ryan to to Game of Thrones to Westworld. World, there are some incredible television programming out there not put out by the networks that are put out by these streaming services. And so it's been a year since I've watched Star Trek Discovery. I just know that I really enjoyed it. That was one that I I, I, I wasn't going to subscribe to CBS just to watch it. It was just a point with me i just wasn't going to do it so i waited for it to come out on blu-ray and i bought it blindly didn't read any reviews i said you know what i'm a longtime star trek fan i i have heard some good things about this let me watch it and this was not my dad's star trek this is very much a modern version of star trek it does mess with the timelines a bit but by the end of the season they've explained that and i'll try and stay away from a lot of spoilers um But they explain why, why does this ship, which takes place before the Enterprise we knew in the original series, why does it have better technology than the original series? Well, they kind of get to a point where they explain that and and timelines and dimensions and things like that become part of the the overall deal. But watching this second season of Discovery, each episode is very much a, a Star Trek episode. It still has some of the same uh characteristics that they want to push forward that we're better people now that we've kind of put money star trek was always a world where money wasn't an issue Uh, Sure, when we met Harry Mudd, he was one of those guys that was trying to make money, but as far as the Federation is concerned, people devote themselves to science and art to devote themselves to science and art, not because they're going to become successful at it, because that's what they want to do. We had gotten to a point in the future, in this future vision that Gene Roddenberry had, that... Money stuff wasn't a concern anymore. We were able to replicate food for everybody, and there were no hungry people. And we gotten past wars, and we gotten past the whole power corporate thing. And people were able to follow their dreams, to f- to fulfill what they really wanted to do with their lives. And sure, that's a utopian dream that's maybe not totally realistic in the consumeristic times we live in. But it, w- it was something that was always very positive that was put out there. I would say that Star Trek Discovery still pushes those ideals out there, but it's also grittier. It's also more, the people react like they would react today. It, it's not that stoic acting style. It's very exciting. There was a scene in the first episode of season two that was exciting as Anything Star Trek has ever done in the movies or the TV shows, I mean, it was nail-biting, edge-of-your-seat amazing. The special effects are movie quality. The acting is good all around. Sure, they've changed the Klingons, and sure, they've changed the timeline, and now... No spoilers, it's in the trailers, but now we have Christopher Pike as part of the, if you remember, Christopher Pike was the captain of the Enterprise before, and in the Menagerie, we found out that, anyway, long story short, they've changed the timeline a little bit, but this all takes place kind of before Christopher Pike got captured, anyway, long story short. I like Anson Blunt, he's doing a great job as as Captain Pike, but... This all goes back to maybe people aren't giving it a chance. One thing, it's hard to watch. If you don't have CBS All Access, you cannot stream it. And so diehard fans have to buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. It hasn't been released on 4K, unfortunately. I'm sure it would look amazing. But it is a worthy show. It is arguably my favorite Star Trek there's some things that I don't really love about it, but there's things about the original and things about Next Generation I don't really love either. That being said, I'm excited to watch the next episode like I wasn't with things like Enterprise and Voyager. I am excited to see where they're taking the story because there are a lot of surprises. There are a lot of things you don't expect happen that that just make you hit your head and go, wow. Um, there's still the heavy science and science jargon. And I'm cool with that. They've updated some things, how warp drive works and things like that to, to reflect modern science theories. And, and they've added some blood and gore. You know, (laughs) some of the stuff that happens with the Klingons is, is the episode I just watched. Wow. I mean, it was, it was movie level violence. Um, and I was impressed. I was shocked. And, It's been a long time since anything Star Trek was shocking or surprising. Uh, Partially in the J.J. Abrams movies, but I think he was also trying to satisfy old Star Trek fans with that, so it didn't go too far. Discovery is definitely a new thing. It, It is definitely Star Trek for a modern generation, and... The whole catalyst behind this podcast is it is a shame that CBS is using it to force people to subscribe to a service that won't be around. I hope the streaming services all become channels like we have channels on your cable now. Because, like I said earlier, it's a little ridiculous. To Sure, this one's only $5, and this one's only $7, and this one's only $12. But that all adds up to more than a cable bill if you get them all. And they all have good content. HBO Watchmen is one of the most mind-blowing shows I've watched lately. And His Dark Materials in just two episodes is already a better adaptation than the big-budget movie that New Line made back in the day. And... Season 2 of Jack Ryan isn't grabbing me like the first season, but it's still good quality entertainment. There's a lot of very big Hollywood names behind that show that make it very much like watching an episodic movie. And the same thing with Netflix. They're making some great movies and some great TV shows. But I'm already to the point where I'm going to have to pick and choose my streaming services. And honestly, Star Trek Discovery is good enough that I would subscribe to CBS all Access just to watch it. But fortunately, I know that they're going to release the seasons on home video, and I waited around for that. And I'm glad I did because the quality on Blu-ray is better than I'm going to get on cable or streaming anyway. So I highly recommend Star Trek Discovery. If, you, if you're a Trek fan from way back and you've heard bad things about it that it, it is not, you know, the old Trek, it's not. It is definitely not. But it can coexist on the planet in pop culture with all of the other Star Treks that have ever been. Same thing with the new Star Wars movies and The Mandalorian. Mandalorian was great. It wasn't the best show I've seen this week. I actually, Actually, I've watched episodes of Watchmen, of His Dark Materials, of Jack Ryan, and the best thing I watched this week was a couple episodes of Discovery. It's just incredibly well done. But... There's a lot more to go in some of those that I mentioned, so we'll see how it shakes out. But there is no reason to bash a remake, a reboot, a sequel, until you see it. Like I said, uh, Doctor Sleep is one of the best movies I saw this year, and it's a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Unheard of that they would even do that, but after 2049, they were like, you know what, if we do it right, it'll be good. And Doctor Sleep was great. Terminator, Dark Fate, was much better than the other three sequels. Is it as good as one and two? No, but it's sh- certainly a step in the right direction, and I hope it makes enough money that they make more. And that Star Trek Discovery is doing well. However, it's doing. I don't know how it's doing well, because I don't know how many subscribers CBS All Access has, but I don't hear anybody talking about it. I don't hear people talking about the new version of The Twilight Zone that I would like to see. I- I'd be interested to see how that you know turns out but I'll have to wait till it's on another streaming service or on home video and I I haven't read enough about it that I would just run out and buy it because I have a long time history with Star Trek is why I ran out and and got that first season of Discovery and absolutely loved all of it I mean I just thought it was a great series and now the second season is longer uh, I'm three or four episodes in, and I'm very impressed with it. Um, it's doing things a little bit differently than season one, and that's fine. Uh, the guys that are created it and behind it have made some of the shows and movies that I've really loved. So, you know, maybe this is just uh, a request for everyone to give things a break. When they make a a remake, a reboot, or a sequel. And check it out if you're interested in it. Because even Terminator Dark Fate got decent reviews and it's bombing at the box office. And that's kind of sad because if you like the Terminator universe, you'll be happy to see something that that is a sequel, direct sequel, to Terminator 2 Judgment Day and holds up. Again, it's not the best movie I've seen this year, but I was certainly entertained for two hours. And Dr. Sleep was amazing. I'm ready to go see that movie again. It was so good and so well done. So every once in a while, there comes along a reboot, a remake, or a sequel that's worth your time. But don't rely on Netflix or don't rely on Rotten Tomatoes to let you know if it's something you need to check out. If you're interested Go check it out. That's that's what art is all about. You should go see that painting. You should go see that movie. You should listen to that album and decide for yourself if it's something that you want to add to your collection or something you want to tell others about like I'm doing right now. I, I just think you owe that to the artists who spend their time that sure a lot of this a lot of these shows a lot of these albums a lot of these you know everything's made to make money but there is real art in some of these things and i think they're doing a great job with the new star wars movies and it's unfortunate that the last star trek movie didn't do do so well but maybe like the mandalorian maybe star trek needs to go back to a television format and and the Mandalorian is expanding the Star Wars universe in a streaming, episodic format, and it's it's very good. It feels like Star Wars. Star Trek Discovery feels like Star Trek, but it's definitely more next-gen than next-gen was, if that makes any sense. So check it out if you're interested. Matter of fact, any of the reboots, remakes, or whatever, if you want to go see explosions and girls beating up other people, Charlie's Angels is in theaters this weekend. It's pretty good on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I've seen good and bad reviews of it. So that is a movie to me that I'm going to have to see to decide. Uh, the the ones from the 90s were just okay. The first one was good. The second one was pretty bad, although Demi Moore was a pretty good bad guy. Um, but anyway, with any art go see go listen for yourself and you decide stop watching all the youtube reviews stop checking out rotten tomatoes before you spend your money if it's you watched a trailer or you heard something about it and you want to find out for yourself that's not the time to go watch reviews that's the time to go check it out for yourself and decide you have the power you have the brain We've evolved to this point so you would be able to, you have the free will <laughs> to decide whether or not you like things. You don't have to rely on the internet to tell you it's good or bad. Okay? Not even a podcast reviewer like myself. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Thanks for taking the time. Um, my website is therockfile.com. You can subscribe to these podcasts all over the place in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. I'm in your iPhone podcast app. Just search for Rockfile. Uh, There is a new app for Rockfile Radio. I'll put a little commercial in here for that. If you want to check out my streaming rock stations, we're now on the app Radio FM. It's a free app you can download on Android and and Apple. I've put the links on rockfileradio.com on each streaming page, and all you do is search for Rockfile and save the stations as favorites, and you can listen to my free streaming radio stations. They are free to listen to. They are commercial-free. They are showcases for new music. Again... Listen to new music and decide whether or not you like it. You know, don't worry about what other people say. Don't worry about us critics. Just go enjoy the art and see if it's something you really love. And you're going to find some bands and you're going to find some things that you really like. And hopefully you share that with other friends and so on and so forth. And the love moves around the world. I'm Scott Hamilton. Thank you for listening.